Kabo, welcome everyone. It's so good to be with you today. Let me just take a moment to introduce myself. My birth name is Gretchen Simpson. However, I'm called Mama Nanaya by my friends and allies at the Ilea Chaba. I'm a mother, grandmother, sister, cousin, niece, ally, and friend. I embrace this amazing time in my life as I settle into my elder years, and I'm happy to be called Mama Nanaya. So that's the name that I will use to refer to myself in this podcast. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be with you on this weekly Wednesday podcast. I'm honored to be able to speak to you about some things that touch my heart, and maybe they'll touch yours as well. When Ia Katura asked me to participate in this weekly chat, I pondered what I would discuss. Over the past few years, I've become a practitioner of our African ancestral spiritual traditions, and it's become a habit of mine to allow my ancestors to guide me when I'm making decisions or if I have questions that I need answers to in my life. Pondering the direction of this discussion, the ancestral wisdom came through, and this is what came to me. Talk about the truth, plain and simple. Now, I'm not claiming to be some great philosopher or expert in life, I just want to talk about the things that make us human and how when we peel back the layers of stuff that get in the way of our happiness and rob us of our peace, we get a glimpse of the simple truth that eludes us. When I was a little girl, my parents used to say things like, trouble don't last always. And they would say this when there were some daunting problems or circumstances that arose in the family. And here's another one. If you have a problem and you know there's something you can do about it, make a plan and then carry it out. If there's nothing that you can do about it or that you can even think of doing about it, let it go and don't worry about it. This was the wisdom that came from my father's grandfather. And he was trying to tell my dad to solve the problems that you can solve and let everything else go. And I can hear my ancestors just praising and worshiping and singing and then saying to me, that's all you gotta do, child. It's just that simple. You might hear this and say, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say. I got A, B, C, D, E, and F going on. And it's not life. My heart is, my life is hard. And things in my life are are not easy. And so I'm not talking about life being easy. I'm talking about the simple truth. Yeah, no one said that life would be easy or that even applying the truth principles in your life would be easy. Living in this world with these finite bodies and stumbling around is quite frustrating for most of us. We're born into this world and so many of us come here 
with a spiritual amnesia and we forget just how truly powerful and great we are. We become entangled in toxic relationships. We struggle with what it means to love ourselves. We make questionable decisions that later on down the years we wonder what was going on in our heads at the time. But the fact remains that the truth is often quite simple in principle. When we try to apply it to our lives, we often find that the messiness of being human gets in the way of a graceful, smooth application. Our humanity often gets in the way of the simplicity of life and complicates things. Why, you ask? Why is this so? Well, because we live in a world which often obscures reality and creates illusions to distract the human mind. And because the human mind is so easily distractible, that's when the truth becomes evasive and hard to grasp. A lot of people believe that truth is personal. And I'm sure you've heard people exclaim, well, this is my truth, or no, that ain't my truth. When in fact, truth is universal, not personal. And each one of us has our own individual experience, which leads to a universal conclusion regarding the truth. And again, I'm no expert. I'm just living my life. But after living so many years, I've reached some conclusions of my own. When we can clear our minds of all the distractions that the world throws in our way and become still enough to allow it in, the truth is as clear, simple, and as near as the very breath that we breathe in and out of our lungs. And the words of our ancestors simply said, the truth is the light, so let it shine. I look forward to having some intimate and even stirring discussions about how we can strip away the layers of mental and emotional pollution and get to the simplicity of our being. So I'm going to end this podcast. And with that, I'll say, this is the wisdom of the ancestors. It's just that simple. Bye for now. Welcome back to another chat. I'm Mama Nanaya, and today I want to talk to you about total acceptance of our bodies, our physical bodies. Yes, our physical bodies are carriers or transporters of our spirit soul bodies. So just like an actual car or train or bus, our physical bodies take our spirit selves from one place to another on this physical plane. And having a spirit or soul, of course, is the most important part of our being, but our bodies are extremely important as well. Every part of our being is relevant to this existence in the world. And while our spirit souls provide us with 
the consciousness and the thought that we need to channel ideas and information from the spirit realm, the body gives us a way to carry out a physical mission or bring these thoughts or ideas into manifestation on the physical plane here on earth. So the most fundamental and common way that the body is used to manifest is when a woman uses her body to birth a soul into this physical manifestation on earth. And without this physical birthing process, humanity can't even exist on the physical realm. Our bodies, we come here with these bodies, these beautiful bodies. Um, And they're fashioned in such a way that they function basically the same way. Usually people are born with a head, two arms, two legs, a neck, shoulder, back, and so forth. So unless someone is born with uh, some kind of birth defect, um, being birthed, going through the birthing process without an arm or a leg or some kind of birth defect. For the most part, human beings are basically made in the same way and they have the same body parts. So now here's the interesting thing. The universe didn't want life to be boring for us all. So although we have the same stuff, we, um, when we were born, there was a wide range of shapes, sizes, skin colors, hair textures, heights, facial facial features, and the like. And the differences just make for a very interesting and colorful world, although our parts function in the same way. However, over the centuries, human beings have decided that somehow the great I Am Creator, who created everything, including humans, made some kind of mistake and we decided that we needed to begin to make some corrections. Over the years, uh, this consciousness of body dysmorphia has taken root in the consciousness of humanity and more and more people are beginning to find a need to change their physical forms, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And let me just explain a bit. Body dysmorphia is this weird concept that a perfectly good functional body is somehow defective because it does not appear in a way that's acceptable or that's attention getting to the general public. So when we look in the mirror, we feel very dissatisfied about our appearances and how we think we should look. We think we're too fat or too short or too thin or too tall, too dark, hair's too nappy, skin's too light, butt's too big, butt's too flat, skin's too dark. This is the human experience as we are going through it in this day and time. And I have my own story about body dysmorphia that I can share. So I'm a tall woman. I'm almost six feet tall. And I was born perfectly normal, as I mentioned before, with all my functioning parts. 
So as my body started to rapidly grow through my childhood, I started to outpace my family and friends in my growth, my physical growth. I quickly outgrew all of my clothes and all of the hand-me-downs that were passed down from the older siblings and cousins to me, all of my shoes, and my parents were getting quite frustrated with me. I was a normal growing kid. I was just tall. My feet were the one part of my body that quickly outgrew and outpaced everyone in the household. And it seemed like every six months, my mother was buying me new shoes because my feet were outgrowing all my shoes. It got to a point where she actually got angry with me because my feet were growing too fast, growing faster than her pocketbook could even handle. So I started becoming ashamed for having big feet. At one point, my mother told me in an angry fit of rage, I'm not buying you no more damn shoes. You're going to have to wear the ones you have. And that really upset me. And I, you know, tearfully told her, but these shoes are too small. They hurt my feet. Well, then go barefoot, she snapped. And so at around the age of 11, I had to stuff my very quickly growing feet into shoes that were too small. And man, did that hurt. But I had to grit my teeth and bear it. So for the next eight or nine years, I pushed my feet into shoes that were one to two sizes too small because my actual shoe size, which ended up being a 12, a size 12, was too expensive for my mother to buy. I got used to it. I got used to curling up my toes and stuffing my feet into shoes that were too small. And I actually developed a hatred for my feet. Can you imagine? I felt like I got the worst feet in the family and it wasn't fair. And at the time, I even felt like I, at one point, I even felt like I was cursed. So now, there's a natural consequence to wearing shoes that are too small for your feet. You get hardened corns and calluses. And then, because I had to bend my toes under to get my feet inside of shoes that were too small, I developed a condition called hammer toes. Wow. Wow. I was the object of so much ridicule, and I was also in physical pain. I was experiencing a deformity that I wasn't even born with. So in my early 30s, I decided that I was going to have this condition surgically corrected. All of my toes, except for my big toe, had to be broken and reset to straighten out the damage that I had done over so many years. And so during this process of surgery and then healing physically and even emotionally, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to love my feet, first of all, and then the rest of myself, my long legs, long arms, skinny legs, you know, 
everything, everything about me, no matter what it is, no matter how out of the ordinary people saw that I might be, I was going to love all the parts of myself. Now, as simple as that may seem, it was hard work. I really had to do the work. I had to get in there and do the work and look at myself in the mirror every day and accept that image that was staring back at me. Whether it looked like uh, what was on the cover of a magazine or not. And for the most part, it didn't. (laughs) But that's neither here or there. It was mine. And so I decided that I was going to love it. So that's my story, and my story is one of many stories where individuals begin to find themselves unacceptable as they were naturally made. It's really difficult to pinpoint when or where all of this weird thinking about who should look like what, and of course we know historically that some of this does come from racism, but I think it goes even further back. But it is evident and clear that this kind of thinking is increasing in the human uh, consciousness. The cosmetic surgery industry is booming right now because men and women are getting surgical adjustments made to perfectly healthy functioning bodies. We got stuff like BBLs, breast implants, nose jobs, lip injections, and a myriad of other procedures which are being done to cosmetically change the body to some kind of unattainable standard of acceptability. The simple truth is that we were all born with these wonderful vehicles called a body. And again, unless there was some kind of defect that you suffered in your body, your body is actually perfect as it was given to you at birth. Our job is to accept it and all that it comes with because the fact remains that your physical body was created in the image of your ancestry. So that kinky hair, that big booty, That wide nose, them big feet that you were born with are all gifts from your ancestors and you are wonderfully made. Rejecting what you were born with is a rejection of your bloodlines, those bloodlines that came together to create you. And it's just that simple. You have to accept all of it as it was given to you. So if you think you're too thick, Maybe you got that thickness from your great-grandmother who was the proud, strong matriarch of your family. And you just want to throw Big Mama away because she's manifesting through you. Now, there is a balance when it comes to weight. We have to be careful to make sure that we are healthy and not stress eating and not working our way into obesity and emotional eating and all of that good stuff. But Those broad shoulders and big hips and slender legs and skinny feet are 
ancestral expressions waiting to be loved and embraced. So love and accept all of your beautiful physical, emotional, and spiritual self. It makes you unique and worthy of all the good things in life. It's just that simple. Now, I have a part two to this chat that I would like to share with you next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to sign off. So I'll just say for now, be open to the wisdom of the ancestors because truth is just that simple. Love y'all. Bye.